Okay, TC, what time is it? It's time for a makeover. Why the Joker? <laughs> oh, that was me doing hassle tongue. Like, uh, oh, parcel tongue. Parcel tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah par- I got it. The snake thing. I got it. I Whatever, got it. it's time for a fucking makeover. Let's do this shit. Hi, I'm Pete. And I'm TC, and welcome to Movie Makeover, the podcast where we take the movies you love, think you love, guilty pleasures, or downright hate, and give them a much-needed update. This week's movie is 1997's Anaconda. We're doing things a little bit differently today, so uh, if you see any different uh, structures or notice anything... We're trying shit out. We're we're mixing it up a bit. You know, it's our podcast. We can do what we want. (laughs) So that being said, we're going to go right into the summary. Um, For those who don't know, Anaconda was released on April 11th, 1997 by Columbia Studios and follows a small documentary film team led by Jennifer Lopez through the Amazon rainforest in an attempt to discover a lost tribe only to be derailed by a mysterious river man and his plot to track down a legendary snake. Um, the movie is directed by Louis Losa, I want to say, um, starring John Voight, Ice Cube, Eric Stoltz, and uh, this B- B-movie blockbuster made $45 million and brought in an impressive... Sorry, it was made for $45 million and brought in an impressive $136 million. Yes, it was a success, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> um, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I just were uh, see what the critics thought of this movie. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives this movie a 40%, which I <laughs> thought was high. Um, IMDb gave it a 4.8 out of 10, which I thought was high. And Roger Ebert gave it three out of five stars, which I, I found outrageously cannot high. cannot believe this. <laughs> We've watched movies that have been undoubtedly better than this one. A thousand percent. been rated lower by Roger Ebert. One thousand percent. I just, I'm starting to think that maybe we should just do a Roger Ebert podcast. Yes. And just be like, what was this man thinking? Exactly. I want you to watch this movie and then tell me what this man watched. <laughs> um, I do have a quote from him where yes. he says, um, uh, to summarize his thoughts on it, it has the effects and the thrills, but it also has big laughs, quirky dialogue, and a gruesome imagination. You've got to like a film where a lustful couple sneaks into a dangerous jungle at night and suddenly the guy whispers, wait, did you hear that? Do you have to love it? (laughs) Roger Ebert. Um, uh, No, I don't think you have to love it at all. (laughs) Um, uh, So, yeah, that's uh, Roger Ebert's opinions. But as you know, he is not um, always the... the... He is, honestly, I I feel like however he feels about a movie, I will almost disagree with. Like I'm I'm like the inverse of Roger Ebert. I have to keep an eye out for the one time that you're just like, oh, man, me and Roger Ebert are (laughs) all the same Please do, because so far, I'm like... I don't know what this movie, what movie this man watched. Yes, almost all the time. Like, I can't remember what movie he gave like a really low score to. But I was like, did you even watch it? It was fun. I feel like as a movie reviewer, it's probably impossible to separate like your mood from like the movie. Like, if you're in a good mood when you see a bad movie, like you might like it a little bit more than when you're in a bad that. mood and see a, a decent movie. You know what I mean? But like, I feel like that's your job. I mean, yeah. like, in order to be a critic, you should be looking at things critically. Otherwise, it's a blog and it's an opinion piece. And here's the thing: I have no problem with opinion pieces, but Roger Ebert is supposed to be the movie critic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you say that, I expect him to take into account um, the time a movie is released, the genre that it's going for, um, different elements of a part of movie making. You know, that's what I expect from him. And it just turns out that it's exactly what you said earlier. He's like, you know what? I like this one. And you're like, why? It was funny. It was fun. (laughs) Yeah, it was a fun ride. So whatever. Okay. uh, So first thoughts or first impressions. Um, What were your impressions during the initial release uh, versus now? Well, I remember seeing this movie on VHS when I was younger. Yeah. Um, and I remember liking it in the same way that, like, I liked uh, movies. Yeah. Like, when you're a kid, all movies are just kind of good. Like, they're movies. Like, yeah, I'm excited to watch it. Completely agree. And, you know, when I was younger, a lot of the flaws of the movie were 
something I didn't notice. Yes. You know, I knew who Ice Cube was. Jennifer <laughs> Lopez, who's this? I kind of recognize her, not really, but she's pretty. I'm into it. Giant Snake, I can get on board with this. I'm a kid. Like, whatever. Um, now watching the movie, um... <laughs> you know, I'm going to go into this a little bit more later, but there just seems to be a series of these, like, Jurassic Park-like, like, spin-off, like... You know, we're going to have a team that goes on an adventure and there's like an, uh, a weird animal at play or something that's hunting or whatever. And it's just all kind of recycled garbage. And I feel like this movie belongs in that, if not the king of that. So, yeah, no, it's really funny. I thought of our Deep Blue Sea episode. Yes. And I was like, it feels very similar to, uh, a, you know, a, a monster movie where the monster is this wild animal. Yeah. Uh, and we're in its territory almost always, and it's just like us navigating that. But then also, people politics, you know? Yes. <laughs> it's just like, oh, who's more dangerous, the wild beast or the people who you work with? So, I mean, uh, <laughs> and I mean, yeah, historically speaking, if there's a white man in the film, then. <laughs> All right, so let's just get this out of the way. I want to know. What did you like about the movie? And we're going to kind of break this up into just, like, three different portions of, like, the cast, the crew, and the story. So, like, for for crew, I kind of mean more of just, like, the filmmaking aspects of it. Um, but starting with the cast, is there a cast member that you liked that stood out to you that you were like, I'm on board with this person or this these people? Um, I had a few. I thought a few characters played their role really well. Yes. Um, I feel like Ice Cube knows who he is and that's a really fun character uh to be he was around. the LL Cool J of this movie he is the LL which is like what is that about the 90s where we were like uh insert black rapper as like I don't know this... I don't know why black rappers get all these comedic roles like it's almost just like let's make them funny instead of like they don't have like that I don't know. They didn't get the options to be dramatic as often as they got to be funny. I feel like and a mainstream film. Is this anyway. like the Will Smith effect? Where it's like, Will Smith did it, and so they're like, oh, maybe we can get another black rapper. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's kind of it, honestly. You yeah. know, honestly, let's like track that. And, like, okay. Just track the Will Smith effect. Yeah, because I'm sure Busta Rhymes will show up at some point. Oh, <laughs> Halloween H2O. We know it's happening. Um, but yeah, no, so... I liked what he did with his character. He seemed really well-versed, and he's someone who's very proactive. He doesn't apologize for who he is or who he's supposed to be. Uh, his first line of dialogue is, it was a good day. Which I love. <laughs> which I love. And honestly, like, I felt the same way. Like, he, in the same way I enjoyed uh, uh, LL Cool J and Deep Blue Sea, I had that same feeling because, one, this person's the comic relief. Yes. Two, this person is the only, like, other minority, really, that's represented on the, on the ship. Um, and this is also a person who is kind of your everyday man versus some of these more extreme characters that are uh, on the ship. So. Absolutely. Like, he is suspicious. And yes. he is... You know, like, he behaves in a way that feels very realistic for a black man in this situation. Sure, absolutely. Which is really hard when you watch certain movies and you're like, no black person in their right mind yeah. is doing any of the things that you just had him do. <laughs> and almost, there was a few times where, like, oh, cool, uh, I'm sorry, I said <laughs> where Ice Cube would respond in a way to be like, no, nah, yeah, that's cool, or just whatever. He would say something that was like, oh, I feel like he changed that line to make it more him. Yeah. And so it, it felt very authentic. So. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I also say, uh, you know, there's... They don't really get a lot of screen time, but like Owen Wilson and his like girlfriend I was or whatever. Say, Owen Wilson is another one of I, those characters. They who, did a good job with what they had. I loved Owen Wilson's character for who he was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, especially again, the moment he starts off. Well, I think is it one of his first lines? It's definitely in the early in the beginning of the movie, where he's like, Is it just me or does like the jungle make you horny. <laughs> and I, I have, was like... There are so many thoughts I have about that. I was like, but yeah. this guy. We know this guy. We've all worked with this guy. Okay. <laughs> I get who he's going for. And honestly, you can do worse than Owen Wilson. I feel like Owen yeah. Wilson was a shortcut to that type of personality. Um, I also really... Uh, I am not a huge Jennifer Lopez fan in general. Okay. Just throwing that out. Taking a strong stance I'm the taking beginning. a strong stance that, like, there's not... I don't think she... Like, oh, I really like this movie because she's in it. 
Or, like, whenever she has a song on the radio, I'm kind of anxious for the song to, like, get off the rotation. Really? And so that's just kind of my opinion on Jennifer Lopez. But I can respect the fact that she's been in the game this long. And when you watch this movie, this movie is ridiculous, right? Absolutely. And for someone who, at this point, did not have a ton of acting experience, who was kind of a fresh face Uh um, leading this film, I thought she did a pretty decent job with it. So... I, I want to acknowledge that we are doing this movie because of the movie's Hustlers, which have you seen yet? I have seen it. Okay, seen okay. It. And what do you think about the arc of Jennifer Lopez, having seen this movie and having seen Hustlers? You know, I left Hustlers feeling the same way I always feel about Jennifer Lopez, liking the movie at parts, but um, my main thing I took away from it was, wow, you can't be in the game this long if you don't know what you're doing. Okay. And so, like, I can't deny that there is something about her that is extraordinary. Mm -hmm. It's just not something that I specifically appreciate myself. So I can definitely see the the arc of her career. I can see how she's been able to, you know, hustle, for lack of a better <laughs> word, um, to become, you know, what she's been in the entertainment industry. Um, but, yeah, just kind of, so yeah. it's really funny because, to me, I would say that this is, like, one of her worst roles. Um, Jennifer Lopez has done a lot of things. I mean, she's been around for decades at this point in time and uh she's been very notable in a lot of cinema and you know she is i would say a modern movie star yeah but seeing her work in hustlers which has an oscar buzz and then seeing this movie you're like yeah this was definitely a (laughs) one-off um i just honestly like i'll talk more about it in my bag but sure i I just think she's overshadowed in this movie. Sure. Which is crazy because she is kind of the star. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll talk more about Well, one of the stars. But <laughs> in, in the bad. Um, as far as the crew goes, like in the movie, the movie as it comes to movie making, mm-hmm. were there things you liked about it? Like, for example, I liked that this was shot at least partly on location. Like, there was, there was parts that I'm like, oh, we're in the jungle. That's cool. I'm into that. Yeah, there, I, I do like when, uh, especially with something like the Amazon, I like going on location, um, and I think it stops there. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, if I'm being really honest. I thought like, the score was actually pretty good. Like, it kept me in... Uh, uh, I mean, I, I'll give you that. It services just, the movie versus taking does. away from it. I so. feel like, here's the thing. I feel like this movie, if I'm being honest, uh, and I get into this way, way deeper later but i feel like this movie is what would be on sci-fi now yes and i feel like the problem with this movie is it was promoted as a regular movie instead of just being a movie on sci-fi yeah (laughs) and had it been a movie on sci-fi i would probably feel differently about it it is interesting that there was a time when like b movies wasn't regulated to like the upper cable channels where like there was actually like a mid-tier movie market for, like, this and, like, Congo and, like, a few of the other movies that were similar at the time where they actually had decent budgets and decent stars were in it. And because when I was watching this movie, I didn't think, wow, these people don't know how to make a movie. They just don't know what to do with this movie. I have thoughts. <laughs> okay, okay, no, okay. No, no, and the only reason is I'm not saying that you're far off. I'm just saying that you know how I feel about Sharknado. <laughs> and I yes. love Sharknado. Lean into it. Because I love what Sharknado is trying to be. Yeah. This movie has Sharknado elements and it never acknowledges it. Yes. And that is what makes this movie this movie. And there are times <laughs> where I'm just like kind of shocked that they don't just have a little bit more fun with it. Yes. Considering how ridiculous You are Sharknado. Just yeah. be Sharknado. And here's the thing. If you were Sharknado, I would love you. But the fact that you're not, and the fact that we do so many choices, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so one of the last things on the good that I want to touch on, if there is anything to touch on, is elements of the story. The mm-hmm. character relationships with the story is itself. You know, this is about a documentary team going to contact a tribe. They get off course. There's this strange man that comes on board. He brings all this chaos in. Um, as the story as a whole, what are the things that you're like, oh, you know what? That wasn't a terrible idea. Well, I love... Um... 
this movie does a lot of things right in what we want in I guess what they call PC culture now or yes. you know it does it's um we have a documentary team that they give them a reason to be there yes which makes sense the, um Jennifer Lopez is the head of this direct our uh, documentary team um not only is she the head of it but like this is her first go you know it's like and she's never seen as incompetent in her job yeah she is seen as incompetent as a captain of a boat, which she is never supposed to be. Yes. 100%. And I will give the movie that credit. Um, it also passes the Bechtel test. Not a lot, but it does. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, I mean, and both women who are shown in this movie are women with careers and who um, are leaders in their careers. It's not like intern number two or something sure, like yeah, that. Yeah. And all the relationships feel really lived in. Like, especially the relationship with Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube. Yes. You know, I, you feel like there's a history there. Um, you understand why she leans on him and why those two make it to the end. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, one of the things I wanted to comment on, and I don't know if this is a cast thing or a story thing, but the fact that the two heroes of this movie are minorities. Exactly. And the lead of this movie, the main hero, is a minority woman in a genre that, like, if you look at Jurassic Park or some of these other movies, doesn't necessarily include minorities, I thought that was a very cool thing to do. It's interesting that we do this with, again, these monster movies. Because think of, again, Deep Blue Sea. It's like our final two is the leader of the of the field and the black guy. You know what I mean? It's and, almost as if Hollywood was like, got some backlash about, hey, how the black guys always die first. Yeah. Samuel Jackson's the first to die. Yeah. Well, not Samuel Jackson, but a black guy's the first one to die in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's this whole notion of like, oh, let's, let's, let's subvert play. that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. Do, do, make an effort. And I, and I do like that. And I also even think that, um, honestly, our whole setup in the beginning makes sense that I'm here for. Hey, we are here to shoot a documentary. We pick up this stranger. You know, it's like, hey, there's a dude out here. Kind of like the Amazon equivalent of a hitchhiker. Yeah. You know, which, again, same thing, which yeah. makes sense. And um, every decision that follows is not them being stupid. It is the hitchhiker being manipulative. Yes. And I... I can follow that, and I can And then being that. at the mercy of, like, hey, I'm in a country where I don't know, and I need someone to help me around. Yeah, again, it's very much, now that I think about it, even, it is a, um, like, a hitchhiker story. Yeah. It is a on-the-road, in the middle of nowhere. I feel like I've seen this in, like, sci-fi, like, space things. Like, hey, yeah. like, an outsider comes on the ship and starts manipulating things. Well, again, or... all of it, all of it is derivative of that hitchhiker trope of being on the road by yourself, picking up this individual who you don't know out of goodwill, mm -hmm. and that individual leading you down a darker path. Um, all of them are derived from that, and I find the elements i feel like a lot of the beats in this movie are correct yes i feel like there are obvious ways where we depart from what would make this a good movie it's almost as if like we had the great the the right ingredients but the wrong chefs or something like the wrong recipes or something like there was parts like you said like it could have been so good had it just chose what it wanted to be. I was gonna. I would say it's we had the right recipe, but we had the wrong ingredients. There you go. That's how I would put it. Um. So one of the things I thought to do was like superlatives. Like, yes. Um. If you had to give a best actor for this movie, <laughs> who would you give it to? So are we talking best actor in the role that they in the movie that they know they're in, or best in <laughs> this movie? If you're like this person did the best with the character they were given, I will start. I would say, um. I'm going to go Ice Cube. Yes, same. I feel like Ice Cube knows who his character is supposed to be. I feel like his character is written, and every decision his character makes makes sense. Yeah. There, um, I wanted to give it to Owen Wilson because he also does really well, but there's a point in the movie where Owen Wilson just starts <laughs> to do things for convenience sake, and yep. you're like, okay, that's... Feels weird. That feels weird. None of it felt genuine. No. You know what I mean? So. Um, do you have a favorite scene or <laughs> best scene that you thought? 
was well executed. So, again, it's funny because whenever, like, with this particular movie, you're like, best, and I'm like, one that's good in this movie, or yeah. one that I thought was notable, because yes. <laughs> I guess I'll say that um, there is a scene in this movie where the snake is coming after them, John Voight's character has um, gotten out of his restraints and it's just like everything is chaotic and all over the place and i feel like the tension is very correct in that scene um i feel like the stakes are high you understand everyone's decision making even if you don't agree with it and it just it's very very tenacious and at the exact same time there is a snake climbing a waterfall for me the best parts of this movie are when this movie is out of control and there is <laughs> multiple times, and this is technically in my bad, but I, <laughs> you know what? It, there's this specific scene where, like, the snake is dead, right? Yeah. And then that whole scream trope, you get one last scare where this yeah. thing, like, busts through the boardwalk or whatever. And at one point, like, in that same scene towards the end, like, the snake is, like, on fire. And I'm like, this is the kind of wild shit that you want to see in a killer snake movie. Like... I will say that I will agree with you that the ending where the snake is literally on fire and yes. he's falling into the river, that's a very cathartic moment, especially uh, with a snake that's been chasing us. Um, and I feel like it's earned even when you when you see that. So I will give it credit for that. There is so much with the snake that is in my bag. Yep. But I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, one last thing. Is there any quotes or memorable quotes that you did like about this movie? Again, um, hold on. So there was the one. I had already done the one that I said with um, Owen Wilson's character. But also, Gary, with Gary, which is like, uh, is it just me or does the jungle make you really horny? But... Paul Cerrone has this line that's like, never look into the eyes of those you kill. They will haunt you forever. I know. And I think that that's just, it's it's a very menacing line and it tells you everything you need to know about that character, uh, even though we've already figured that out. You know, it's like, it's nothing new, but it is a, a, a line that I thought was memorable. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the only thing I thought uh, was good, too. There are a lot of quotes in this movie, but nothing that I would call good. But I do think that, that was something where I was like, oh, that's not entirely cheesy. Um, yeah, yeah, I I'll, I, will, I will say there was one bit where uh, Terry's like, snakes don't eat people. And uh, John Boyd's yes. character's like, oh, they don't? And, like, and it's just, the way he says it, he's like, oh, you sure? There's a few times <laughs> where Boyd has, like, some quick comebacks where he's like, Oh, where do you think he's going? Taking a walk in the woods? Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, little yeah. snappy shit like that. Um, but now that we're talking about John Boyd, um, so we're entering the bad. And, and right off the top, I just want to make it very clear, he is the star of my bad category. <laughs> uh, John Boyd, there are so many times in this movie where I legit wrote down, I was like, I cannot <laughs> listen to this guy's fucking accent for the rest of this movie. Is he going to continue to talk like that for the rest of the movie? I was hoping that, like, as, like, the it became, that it was, like, a uh, some kind of... Uh, bit or bit, yeah, yeah, something that or was like, like a, a role, fake identity, a character, something that he could just stop. Because I was like, oh my god, kill this guy already. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. So the moment he comes, I mean, like I will say, John Voight has the look of a menacing person, and the moment I saw him, I was like, oh cool. I forgot John Voight's in this. Hmm. Really nice. But then he starts to speak, and every like every second he's on screen from that point on i hate him i hate him i hate his character i hate his choices because not only is his character um cast by a white dude but played as i i'm sorry i'm so sorry to interrupt you but you what you just said you almost read what i wrote down <laughs> verbatim i hate john Voight. i hate him in this movie i hate his accent i hate his face i hate his character i hate everything about john Voight. <laughs> Exactly. And it's just that this is one of the worst parts about this movie. And I feel like if you recast John Voight, or here's an idea, just take away the accent. Just make him not from Peru, 
make him American, which makes way more sense, um, and just have him speak in his regular voice, this movie gets one full grade better. Like, everything that I hate about this movie lives in two places, and that is John Voight and, and the, the snake. snake. <laughs> John Voight and the snake are the two things that I hate about this movie, and everything else I could honestly work with. Okay, so there's another actor that I want to put into my bad, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I don't understand Eric Stoltz. I don't understand him as a sex symbol. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand him because there, there was one point where, like, in the eighties, where like John's, like Eric Stoltz was like a hunky dude, considered like a hunky Hollywood. Was dude. he? Yeah, he was like like Brat Pack adjacent, and he was kind of like in the mix of it. But um, I just I don't understand him, and I thought he did a really terrible job of being. The, the, like the leader guy absolutely so and i was so thankful that he got like nixed um so for those who uh are following along eric stoltz's character is dr stephen kale he yes. is the i'll say director or and, not even like the director he's like the the scientist behind he's the guy with the hole in his neck for half the movie and he's the guy who jennifer lopez apparently has a relationship with question mark yeah so that was a i mean we haven't really gotten the story but his character at first, how I thought they were setting it up, because of the way that she interacts with him in the beginning, is that he's clearly trying to hit, and she's like, nah, this yeah. is a professional thing. 100%. But then, later on with her conversation with Ice Cube, we find out that they actually are former lovers, and the whole idea is, oh, you brought your... You brought your play to work. And, you yes. know, it's just like, it's a, but that dynamic is never really explored. And yeah. it just feels like filler, number one. Number two, he is not hot. So he is not like this love well, interest. Well, that's the other thing, dude. He's ginger. Come <laughs> on. What do we do in Hollywood? I am into ginger, so I will not support your uh, anti ginger uh, rhetoric. I feel the here. way I feel. But at the Make same America time, he's, <laughs> he is just not, he's not this. Leading man. No, not uh, at all. And I feel like, here's the thing, if you put a leading man in that role, it's a great red herring. Yes, totally. Like, to have someone you're like, oh, this guy's going to be the guy who leads us through this movie. Wait, no. He's off. Now this woman has to be the one who saves him. I love that. Absolutely. So I feel like that was a perfect opportunity to cast someone in that role who the audience is like, oh, this is going to be a John Boyd versus whoever type role and then instead he's taken out he is drew barrymore in scream yep. early on and then you spend the rest of the movie being like okay who's going to step up i feel like that's way better than what we've got and what we got was eric stoltz being kind of like having a piss contest with john voight yes early on being eliminated almost out of nowhere. But also just not being likable. Yeah, he's not likable. And, and again, for me, they set the narrative up as Terry, a.k.a. Jennifer Lopez's character, is the one in charge. But right afterwards, they kind of hand the reins over to him for a second. Yes. And then they take it back by removing him. And you're like, why did we have to have him at all? Like, yeah. honestly... With the exception of one moment, his character could be removed from the entire movie and not make a difference. I, uh, I kind of feel that way about John Boyd, but um, like, why not just make it a snake movie? Why are we hunting the snake? I completely agree. <laughs> I, I honestly agree, but I'm just saying if we're going to keep, yeah. if we're going to keep that character, no, like no one else, You're there right. are so many other people on that boat. If, you, if we cared about his character, then it would make his injury mean more. If we cared about them as a couple, it would make her fight to fight for him mean more. Yeah. Um, none he's, of that shit. Honestly, he's just there. He's dead. He is the child that came along. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just Nothing like, oh, yeah, there's a kid here. I forgot about that. Nothing but uh, a Yeah, and not a fan. Um, let's talk about the snake for a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think when you first saw it? What were your impressions of it? The When I first saw the snake, I was like, why am I seeing the snake? Yes. That was my first thought. Honestly, if I think this movie would be, again, another full point higher if we never saw the snake 
Until, like, the very end. Yes. If they jaws it. If they were like, hey, we're going to give yes. you, like, two great shots. Yes. And then, like, the rest is going to be all, like, tails and body and things. We don't need to see this ridiculous snake face. Which, by the way, it's, like, it's ridiculous. The it's, snake is animated. It looks like Power Rangers S. <laughs> yes. Like, it's so over the top. I wrote at one point that, like, the snake goes back and forth between being, like, a commercial grade CGI yeah. and like a hand puppet. Like yeah, no, I wrote puppeteer. Like yeah. this, there are times where this snake is it might as well be in the Flintstones movie. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's almost like again, like that same level of technology. I guess this was around the time that the Flintstones came out because it felt exactly like that. Yeah, absolutely. And nothing menacing or scary about it. Nothing menacing. Here's the thing: the the scariest points of the movie. Where when you don't see the full snake, but you just see the body, because that gives you an indication of how yes. large it is. Yes. And then when you you go back and forth between the snake's point of view and then just a camera point of view, because I like I do love when they do that. There are moments in this movie before they reveal the snake, he's so much scarier. Yeah, exactly. There are moments in this movie where you are seeing things from the snake's perspective. And then other times where you're just seeing it from the camera's perspective, but the camera, like, is letting you think that it's from the snake's yes. perspective. And I love that. One thing I also love is John Voight showing the skin of the body. Like, yes. that's a great, like, we don't need to see this thing. Just show us the skin. Wow, we can only imagine how big it is Exactly. Now. But instead, we get this puppeteer snake with a vendetta by the way yeah and another problem that i have with these movies we had this problem with uh deep blue sea yep. is i don't need an animal with a vendetta no i just like like which is something that jaws does but at the same time you are doing a a into their land or into their territory story where you could just be like, no, these creatures live in this land. You're in their habitat. You're now part of the food chain. Um, and this thing is king. You could do that. It doesn't, and it could be several snakes. It could be yes. like, it could be like, um, what it's, is that it's, thing? It's, it's like the you, elements. It's yeah. not just one like predator that's like chasing you. It is several. You are in a region full of anacondas. Yes. And it's like. Uh, I can't remember what the name is, but I think it's like Hydra. But like you cut off one and another comes. So it's like you kill this snake, but guess what? You have 50 miles left before you get out. Well, I feel like we can go into a few Anaconda sequels and we'll start seeing multiple snakes pretty quickly. <laughs> um, one thing I want to say is that you're right. Like there's one point where the snake has Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube all tied up. And he literally lets them go when he's like, John Voight, let me get him. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's almost, um, it reminds me of Beetlejuice when yeah. Beetlejuice is the snake. Yes. And it's very similar to that where it's like also earlier in the movie when the snake has uh, Owen Wilson, um, I believe, it's it's constricting him. It's It's got him so tight. That's the thing about an anaconda is it tells you in the very beginning, which I also have a problem with, but like it tells you in the very beginning that they squeeze their prey until they're paralyzed and then they, you know, attacks. And it's like you, that the snake does that throughout the movie. But in the end, for convenience snake, say, convenience snake! <laughs> for convenience sake, the Snake has Ice Cube and Jennifer Lopez, and it's just kind of like holding them. It's not squeezing. It's just like, I, I have you in my hand, and in any moment, I'm going to start squeezing. And yes. you're like, why would the snake not just begin? And I feel like we could totally just make it several snakes, make it they're in snake territory. It's something that they're going to have to deal with until they are rescued, and I am on board with this movie. Um, it, as we kind of move into the story, we can kind of talk about this more. But as the movie starts right off the bat, I have so many questions about, like, snakes and anacondas and, like, what they actually are like versus what they're shown in this movie. There's several times where this snake, I swear to God, either talks, like, he's, <laughs> like it screams in a way that I didn't think a snake could scream. So it's funny because Frank Walter is noted as the voice of the anaconda. It sounds like a human voice. It sounds like a human doing, like, a raptor impression. Exactly. And it's just like, why do we need that? Do snakes even do this? I don't think... Here's the thing. I think... 
inherently, snakes have a sound that makes human beings skin crawl. The hissing. Yeah. Why not lean into the hissing? Why is it <laughs> all the time? <laughs> Um, and then I want to say that the last thing that I hate about this snake is the moment when the snake eats Owen Wilson and they are, sh- first of all, they show like a huge body size bulge. bulge I love like, that. I actually like that a lot. Why are we doing this? That was then, the most deep wait, blue sea wait, moment. Yeah. Wait, but then later on, there's Owen Wilson's face against the snake skin. And you're like, again, that's not how this works. Yeah. A snake isn't. Cellophane. At one one point, the snake swallows John Boyd, regurgitates John Boyd. John Boyd looks at Jennifer Lopez, winks at her, and falls down dead. So here's the thing. I'm in favor of that because in the very beginning, they tell us that sometimes they regurgitate their food. So you know that that's coming. And the movie goes so far along to where you haven't seen it. At Jennifer Lopez. (laughs) What are we doing here? Also, I have to say, I hate, I hate anything that starts off with a title card. Yes. You are not Star Wars. No. You are not really set, like, have this information exposed to us in a natural way through the course of the film. Absolutely. Like, why couldn't John Voight just tell us about this? He is a snake-esque expert. So he says, but he's never caught this snake, has he? (laughs) Um, One other thing about this snake is that it continuously bust through, like, doors and windows and boats and seems to just know exactly <laughs> where people are on the other side of walls. Exactly. You know how I feel about this. Like, <laughs> same thing with Deep Blue Sea. I'm so sorry we referenced it, but it this has a lot in common. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of things that make monster movies terrible is when you have a animal that exists in nature but somehow has an understanding and a motivation of a human being 100%. instead of just being what it is which is a dangerous animal. which is scary enough exactly this, this thing doesn't need to be able to see through walls and have these like supernatural abilities to be able to be terrified honestly put a snake in any scenario yeah anyone at all and i guarantee you people are like do you know that there's a snake in that room <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> So, um, <clears throat> so if you had, I mean, I feel like we kind of covered this already. So, superlatives for the bad category, worst actor. I'm assuming you're going to give that to. Well, wait a minute. Like you, uh, on the bad, you said like crew and stuff like this. Yes, yeah, so I you... think I think that there are plenty of times in this movie where I'm like, it feels like we're on a set. Yes, in a very obvious way. hundred um, percent. I'm like, are we in Georgia somewhere? Like, it just feels like we are in the backwoods of Burbank, and they are not even trying to hide it. Um, I'm like, oh, you spent all your money on this CGI snake. <laughs> There's one point where like a tree falls on the boat, and they're like, the tree budged us free. The tree landed on your boat, <laughs> did it not? We're just gonna sail away like it's all good. And then there are also moments where like. There, uh, like, for example, the uh, idea where he tells them to get off the boat to look for fuel. Yes. Um, which, like, even the, the the losing of fuel is its own thing that I was like, okay, wow, perfect happenstance. But um, I would have liked to see John Voight's character, like, mess with the fuel uh, rope, or you know, something, something where it's like, yeah. where like it, he had a plan all along, and he really is strategic instead of just having these things happen fortunately, and then he just kind of takes over. Speaking of fuel, there's a scene at the like, like Ice Cube's like, oh, Jennifer Lopez, run up this thing, I'm gonna explode this building and <laughs> kill the shark. There's all this fuel in here, I'm gonna light it up. They explode it. The shark is uh, the snake. The snake <laughs> is dead, and Ice Cube's like. All right, I'm gonna go back inside and grab the fuel. Yeah. No, no, uh, no, no. There was an explosion there. By the way, that place filled with snakes, all kinds of snakes. all kinds of snakes, snakes. Every there was a snake orgy. A poisonous the snake does not need to be large. No, no, no. I mean, but what I'm saying is, this place. Another thing that they kind of do it, and I don't know, so maybe this is true, but in this movie, they make it seem like all snakes are friends. Yes. Like, like, like it's just like, any kind of snake. We go together. <laughs> like, like, any kind of snake, whether you're a large snake, small snake, skinny snake, thick snake, like, every snake is, like, in this place as if, like, and I feel like it would be different. Like, there are, like, moments where, you know, baby snakes. And you're like, okay, I kind of get that. If there was, like, this is the nest, 
And they I thought it was going to go Godzilla, where, like, they go into that place and there's, like, hatched eggs. Exactly. But this is just, like, no, snake headquarters. This is like By the way, the snake at the end of the movie is not the snake that's chasing us throughout the movie. Jennifer Lopez kills that snake right before they go in. That's what I thought. But, like, you're right. We also... This is this one's a black snake, right? Yes. And it's just... After John Voight throws monkey blood on them. Ugh. Ugh. All that dead monkey shit, I did not think was cool. I was not in favor I of was the... not. The and, monkey killing. And I'm pretty certain he, him throwing monkey blood on J-Lo and Ice Cube is how AIDS started. <laughs> we got it for monkeys, right? That's <laughs> no, no, what I exactly, Absolutely. But I just, I'm with you where it's like, I was like, I am not in favor of this monkey killing and draining of the blood. You know, Dude. it's like, why is this necessary? Not at all. At one point, the snake throws a dead monkey on uh, I can't. Okay. <laughs> um... One thing, this is how ridiculous this fucking movie is. John Boyd kills a woman with his thighs, and we haven't talked about it. I said that! <laughs> he just choked the bitch out! <laughs> I, I watched this movie, and I was like, oh my god. There's no way John Boyd's getting in the protein either to kill someone <laughs> with his thighs well, like that. Not that, not just that. I just watched this movie, and I was like, we just watched a dude choke a bitch out yep. with his legs. Yep. And we just move on. And I was I was kind of traumatized for a moment. I was like, holy... Because don't get me wrong, that moment is very tense. And you, un, you know, it's like, they're like, we're not going to kill him. Why? Yeah. You are in the Amazon. There is no one around. Who are you trying to show this moral superior to? Who are you going to turn him into? Guess what? He, you found him on the side of the river? Leave him back where you found him. Kill the dude! Yeah. The one who is actively trying to kill At you. At one point, Jennifer Lopez goes to try to save Owen Wilson from the snake by killing the snake. And John Voight's like, You're no, we, the snake's no good to me, dead. Yes. And lets the snake kill Owen Wilson. That's enough to get Who's him. on his team? <laughs> so weird. That whole storyline where they pushed Owen Wilson on there, it felt like um in the new Halloween where, uh, did you see the new Halloween movie with, yes. with Jimmy Lee Curtis, where the psychiatrist ends up being on, like, Michael Myers' side, and it, like, yes. comes out of left field, and you're like, what does this have to do so, with this? I, that's a different <laughs> conversation, because I can go down that road. But instead, I was just going to say, that's what I was talking about when I said that it felt inauthentic. I like Owen Wilson's character, and I even believe that he could be persuaded with the idea of money and all this other stuff. He is, a, again, sorry for everyone listening, but he is a white dude, so it's not that far of a stretch to see this guy being like, yeah, I'm about them Benjamins. I'll I'll completely betray all my friends and my girlfriend. Yes. On this boat in the middle of nowhere where it's just us. <laughs> Seems like the right thing to do with this stranger who I have not known for more than 12 hours. And there's nothing trustworthy or even expertise about what John Absolutely. Boyd is saying. He didn't even show you money from the last time he got it. <laughs> if, again, why hasn't he caught the snake already? So he should he should be like, this is my fourth one or something yes. like that. Some credibility. But anyway. Um, also, what is the value in the live anaconda? Did they mention that they're like, oh, we can get millions of dollars? For what? Why? What's valuable about I, it? I, again, we're not even going down that road. Um, but to kind of wrap up the Owen Wilson thing, it's that his character and all of those things seem believable, yes. but it's just a jump. He has one conversation with uh, John Voight's character, and then the next time we see him, he's... Decided. It would make more sense because he's played off as more of like the horny guy who dies first, right? Yes. And it would make more sense for like instead of Mateo and him to have this backstory, maybe Mateo is the one who betrays and like that makes sense because he's shady as fuck throughout the whole thing. That that completely makes sense because Mateo is someone who I never trust. And I ne- I'm always like, is Mateo in on this? Like, what's going on? By the on? way, I'm super disappointed that uh, Mateo's the one that lived and that Danny Trejo is the one that killed himself in the beginning because I would have much preferred to have Danny Trejo in this movie. I did not even talk about the fact that Danny Trejo is in yes. this movie. And for those who don't know, it's kind of like a blink and miss it. But he's the very first scene. Yeah. scene. The one where we, again, we're sensing that this snake is something that is so terrible a person would rather kill themselves well the snake actually crashes through the entire boat which makes you think for the rest of the movie why aren't they crashing through this person's boat yeah absolutely uh so yeah that's how i feel all right so superlatives um uh, wait just real real fast uh, we haven't talked about uh richie rich's butler um Uh, yes any thoughts on him before we move away from the storyline 
Um, so that would be uh, Jonathan Hyde, who was the, like the supposed to be the like the host of the documentary. Exactly, Warren Restridge and his character. He is someone who, again, I feel like we could have combined a few characters. Like yes. I feel like Eric Stoltz's character and Jonathan Hyde's character could be the same person. Yes. And, um, again, that gives us less people to work with, but it's still, I just feel like it would work better. Yeah. And then also, he is supposed to be this rich, pompous asshole, who, by the way, I will say, he starts off the episode with, you know I could hire someone to kill you, to Ice Cube. And I was like, oh, so we're just playing up acknowledging racial yes. issues, racial and class issues. But, but, also, at one point, John Voight slaps him like a bitch, and, and it's says, great. And John Voight says, I could just have you killed to him, and he does not like it. So no, he gets slapped and says, thank you. I mean, like, no, no, but, like, there's just a scene where John Voight kind of um, uses his power against uh, Westridge the same way that Westridge tried to do with yes. Ice Cube. And I think that it's beautifully done, and I respect that balance. Okay. Um, and I even like how his character goes from insufferable at one point in time to someone we're rooting for um, in the waterfall. Yeah. Um, and I thought even like hiding in the waterfall and jumping were all really smart decisions. Sure, sure. How are you supposed to know that the snake somehow has like can climb up through a waterfall? The pressure but also of a like, waterfall just like reacts and like just oh turns around. like it's 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 kind of ludicrous that scene. But um, I did, I didn't hate his character, um, just because I had other characters to hate more. Sure, sure. sure. <laughs> um, so who would you say was your least favorite character? John Boy. John Boy. Okay, that's that's John Boy hands down. I honestly, every second that he's on screen, that he has that accent, I just hate it. And I wish that we had done any, I feel like any other decision could have been made and we would have been better. Um, Having a different person, having him not have that accent, having, giving like a different backstory. You know what's scarier? The guy who's leading you dying, and now you're you're you have to fend for yourself in a in a condition and environment Absolutely. that you're not familiar with. Why do we even need John Boyd? This is about snakes, guys. <laughs> um, or maybe it's metaphorical. Maybe John Boyd's the biggest snake of them all. Ah. Guys, this movie works on levels. Um, do you, no, it doesn't. Do not give it that credit. Do you have a worst scene or your least favorite scene? Again, for me, the like there are several, but the one I hated the most is that really quick picture of like Owen Wilson's face into the snake. I actually like that. Look I hate. I that. thought that was the most Sharknado moment. Of. It is, but again, it's for this movie. You're not going to be Sharknado, yeah. so either give me more of that and be Sharknado, or give me none of it. Um, <laughs> my least favorite scene was anytime you saw a close up of a snake's face. Yes, it's not scary. You're ruining this movie. Absolutely. Um, and are there any quotes or lines that you, that stood out to you in a bad way? There's like there's this uh, part where Jennifer Lopez's character says, "This film was supposed to be my big break, but it turned out to be my big disaster, or like a big disaster." It's just like, it was very cheesy, hokey writing, and I was like, "No, I don't like this." <laughs> um. You know what? I thought I had one too, but uh, I, I I think I what I liked more than anything, um, or what I say was probably the my least favorite thing was John Boyd keeps referring to Owen Wilson's girlfriend as like bird or something like that. Like, do you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes. And I was just like, this is incredibly demeaning. Baby bird. Baby bird. I was just like, Ugh. Ugh, guys. Ugh. All right. All right, John Boyd. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. Again. So the other female character in this, um, who is Denise, yes, she is given a position of power, but almost immediately made the bimbo character. And I was like, honestly, I was like, she would be blonde if it wasn't for the fact that her love interest was Owen Wilson. Yes, and they were like, we can't have two blondes in a couple. But like, she just immediately as accomplished and as smart as she's supposed to be. And even in the beginning, she kind of gets this. She has this attitude and sass about her that yes. I like. Um, when uh, who is it? I think it's Westridge's character is like, take my belongings here, and she's like, bitch, do it yourself. Yes. Again, I respect that person, but 
halfway through the movie, she just becomes this person who's just all about getting it on with Owen Wilson. And when Owen Wilson dies, she's just she, she crumbles and she just wants revenge for her last lover. So many other characters I've seen, like the 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 woman doctor from Deep Blue Sea, the one who was like married or had a relationship with that guy who ended up dying yes. in the beginning. Yes. Like just kind of like the the frantic woman in the background. Frantic woman is um, exactly the trope she is. When I think about worst quotes, I just I know you said this for your favorite, but the whole idea of like the jungle making Owen Wilson horny, there is nothing horny about the the jungle. And you know what? While we're on the topic, <laughs> there's something I want to say. J Lo and this other woman, what they're wearing throughout this movie, considering what mosquitoes are in the yeah. rainforest, is absolutely ridiculous. Again, I just think that the way that this movie treats women, if you want to go into that is it has women, it passes the Bechdel test because they talk to each other, but not very long. It is not... Like, Jennifer Lopez is almost always pushed to secondary in her own movie, in her own position of powers. Almost all of the autonomy comes from the guys around her. Even when she does take um, initiative with John Voight, A, she does so through, like, I'll seduce him. Yeah. And you're like, Really? That was your plan out of nowhere. I also think John Boyd was like, if I'm in this movie, Jennifer Lopez has to kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. And then there's the idea of immediately when that goes wrong, it turns out to be a plan, but a plan to where all the other men come to the rescue. I, one thing I wanted to say is that with Jennifer Lopez, it seems like, you know, she has this great, like, um, you know, uh, female heroine. Yeah. Um, vibe to her character however don't forget the movie starts with her nipples and her ass crack silhouette <laughs> it's almost as if they were like hey we have to get this out of the way and i feel like jennifer lopez had a few roles like that early in her career where they were like yeah you could be in this movie but you're gonna have to show a little bit of skin we're gonna have to see you in the 90 with nothing underneath the nipples need to be seen <laughs> like all that shit that happens in this movie and i mean don't get me wrong they the sexualize every woman the moment she's on screen i was like that ass though like yeah, I, I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie i was like I, I, it's yeah you know what's sad just a quick side note when i was watching hustlers and i saw her i was just like you know what she used to be the queen of ass but i'm looking at her now and i'm like well that ass seems normal not because of anything other than the fucking like ass injection plague that's you know entered instagram jennifer lopez is 50 years old yes so yes i don't even if if her ass went from jennifer lopez to normal for a 50-year-old, she is Kelly. No, I'm saying that she has a fantastic ass, but because there's so much fake asses, it almost seems as though that her ass is a normal size in comparison because everyone's altering their asses. Well, culture, she brought it in, so I'll, I'll give her that. Um, but yeah, no, I just thought that um, a lot of dialogue in this movie... Again, I just wanted to be Sharknado. Just be Snakenado. <laughs> um... Let's let's talk real quick about the cultural impact. What do you think is the legacy of a movie like this? And you know what? What do you think the reception of it then is versus what people think of it now? Is there any like I don't know. Is there any cultural impact to the, of this movie? Well, you know what? I think what you were saying about the proliferation of like those sci-fi type of movies. Yeah. I feel like this is what l leads the way to that. Okay. Okay, and I can give you and that. And so I feel like there is kind of a ripple effect, and I think this movie is one of many movies that can kind of be blamed for us even having, like, those, like... Um, I remember sci-fi used to do these movies, like, giant shark versus giant octopus, and, yeah. like, all that shit. Like, all of that is basically Anaconda, and I'm pretty certain Anaconda, like, two through six, like, all the sequels of it, are, like, sci-fi original movies. Again, and I think, like, personally, I'm not against those movies... Because those movies live in a lane that I can appreciate. Yes. I don't like when a movie that isn't, that's supposed to be in that lane, either tries not to be, but still does everything that it can to be, um, or is just, like, it's not that I don't like it, but, like, I can understand how certain movies fail when, like, they're more of an idea than they are an execution. This movie was listed as one of the most enjoyable bad movies to watch. That's how it's perceived now. Okay. Do you think that's an accurate assessment, and do you think it is enjoyable to watch? Um, I've I've had more enjoyable bad movies. 100%. And I just feel like 
maybe of the time this movie was like a fun little thing. You know, like I would love to, we haven't seen it yet and we've talked about it before, but I would love to see Crawl and yes. see how Crawl compares to this. Yeah. Because I feel like you're doing the exact same thing. Again, monster movie where the monster is uh, a force of nature. Sure. Um, and yeah, that's that's my thought. Um, do you think this movie has any messages politically, socially, religiously um, that they're trying to say with this movie? Were they successful? And if not, where should their focus have been? Honestly, I feel like that's what this movie is missing. Yes. I feel like you are in the Amazon. You are, like, if you had a whole tale of what does it mean to be in the Amazon and be in a place that has been in nature longer and not respecting nature. I think that is a way to go. Yes. I think a idea of being on snakes territory as human beings and not really acknowledging that. I mean, like also one of the reasons we chose this movie because the Amazon was recently on fire Yeah. and it's like, Oh yeah. How do we handle Americans going to the Amazon? And it turns out we don't. We're just like, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a whole other piece. Yeah, I feel like when, especially when we were kids, like in the '90s, like Saving the Rainforest was like this huge thing. And I wonder if this movie was a reaction to that movement that was experiencing that. You know, was kind of. I don't around. think so. I don't want to. I like. I just don't think it deserves that kind of credit. So yeah, yeah, I I do think this movie is void of any like political statement. But I do think you're right that it could have used one. And I think that this movie is more about like poaching than it is about like those the rainforest and destroying it or whatever like john boy is a hunter like he's trying to hunt this animal to sell it live so like kind of getting into that aspect of it maybe yeah but it doesn't even like no. that's my problem it's like it doesn't even stick with that message if no. you had even been like poaching is bad and let's let's talk about that industry in the amazon and what it's doing i'm here for it but instead you just use it as a narrative yeah Totally. Um, uh, all right, let's talk about this makeover. Studio's going to give you <laughs> millions of dollars to reboot Anaconda. What movie do you make? Uh, as I said, if we're going to do this, I would take all the elements that we have right now and make it a Sharknado. Okay. Um, but if we're not going to do Sharknado, I'm going to repeat that my the things that I think could make this movie accurate would be to... Have the rock, okay, and do a kind of what is that movie that the rock did? That's not skyscraper, but it's uh, rampage. Yes, rampage, yes. something like that. Um, which is again, that is the Hollywood blockbuster version of a B movie. Yeah, and I think that doing it that way again, where you lean into the ludicrousness of it, like. Like, Rampage had a giant wolf. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and we were all like, yeah. And I think that if you do that way, this movie is way more fun. Either way, I want to lean into the fun. Um, or, as we said earlier, just pull everything back and make this a... You are in the Amazon, which we don't respect... And that has a, an ecosystem of its own, and now you're on there. So my take on it, because I do like the Sharknado theory, but I also think that this movie is, like, opening itself wide open to be a found footage movie. Like, we have this <sighs> documentary team. Like, so why not make it this, like, more subtle, like, found footage movie where we have the maybe the same plot that's going on, but it's acted in way more subtle ways, and it has more of a paranormal activity vibe, and just like, hey, did you see that? Come over here, watch this footage. Footage. I think I saw something over there. And you, there's one point where John Boyd's character says, you know, the Amazon can kill you in a thousand different ways. And I was like, why are we seeing that? Like, why aren't we seeing, like, just the Amazon, other things other than the snake? Like, why don't we just get into this whole, like, you know, the point of this film crew was to go to a place that's rarely contacted by humans. Maybe there's a reason why. I love that idea. I honestly, like, I think that's so great. And I think... That you could bring the um, indigenous part into it, yeah. And and when I mean that, not as they're they're evil or you know like none of those tropes. But I love the idea of like it's hard to get to for a reason, and these people are secluded for a reason. And nature itself has made it hard to even get 
in and out. Yeah. And I would love that. And I love the sound footage idea. I think yeah. if you take this movie, you do every scene, but with a handheld camera. And it also takes away the, um, like, uh, the push for these close-ups of these snakes and for us to get these high quality. Like, you don't need to show us a ton of snake, like, close-ups when you're doing a found footage movie. It doesn't even have to be great quality. It can be grainy. A grainy snake would be better than what we saw in this. Absolutely. I'm thinking Cloverfield. Yes, 100% Cloverfield. Absolutely. Oh, my God, that's such a good idea. Um, okay, so uh, let's. I just want to share some fun facts about this movie. Um, one, several cast members had a hard time shooting this due to the fear of snakes, which I'm sure Absolutely. you can expect. <laughs> um, during one scene, the anaconda animatronic went ape shit, causing the snake to spaz wildly. The movie, this footage was used in the film in this last scene of the movie. Um, the anaconda CGI cost a hundred thousand dollars per second. Um, they should have scrapped it. Yeah, I, I don't this is what, like I, this is what I said. It's like, there are moments where I'm like, oh, you spent all your money on this snake, and that's why we're on a lot back in Burbank. Yep, 100%. <laughs> um, and lastly, the monkey blood that we see thrown on J-Lo and um, Ice Cube is made out of jelly and plum juice. Uh, it's also really grotesque yes. for... The idea that monkey blood is being thrown, is, or the fact that John Voight would drain a monkey's blood, Jesus I just, Christ, I just, bro. Yeah, honestly, I don't. <laughs> um, and lastly, I just have a few like games and questions to end up our episode. So okay, I so a fun game with, that we could play um, would be kind of a back and forth. So um, let's say, for example, the the topic was colors. You would say red, I'd say blue, until we went back and forth. I couldn't think of one anymore. The okay. last one to say one wins. So the topic that we're going to be doing is, um, without cheating, name as many killer animal movies as you can. And How I'll, much time do we get? We'll, we'll just be, like, fairly, like, okay. like maybe, like, a, a, a countdown of five seconds or something okay. like that. Okay, yeah. go. I'll let you start. Um, King Kong. Uh, uh Jaws. <laughs> um, Rampage. Congo. Um, Crawl. Uh, Lake Placid. Um... Do, like, actual, like, do they have to be actual animals mm -hmm, or, like, mm -hmm. oh, because I was thinking of, like, Tremors, but, um. <laughs> I'll, 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 fine, I'll give you Tremors. Um, Cujo. I'm, I'm dying down. Ah, God, I can't think of another one. Um, damn it! And you're out! <laughs> um, Arachnophobia was one that came to mind. Oh, wow. The Birds was one that came the to birds mind. Birds is a good, I was trying to do different animals, yeah. and I was trying to think, like, of different types of animals. I, I, I okay, well, this leads... But I really love it, yeah. This leads me to my next question. Which killer animal movie uh, would you make? If you can make any movie out of a, out of an animal and make it, like, a, a scary take on this animal, which one would you do? Huh. Let me see. Um, if, if I'm being honest, I don't trust animals in general. <laughs> like, and, and here's the thing. It's like, I, like, people... I can read people, but I can never navigate the thoughts of, like, an animal. And I think things like, um, like, the birds is, I think, still apt because birds are, like, they, they have weapons at the end of their face. Yes. And it's just, like, they, they are completely crazy. And I think, like, a remake or a retelling or something along the lines of, like, that birds movie, like, is completely sure terrifying because they are everywhere. Uh, that or any kind of, like, I think anything where, like, a bunch of animals get together is really terrifying because, yeah. like, rats and, like... Oh, I want to talk about yeah, Willard. Yeah. Have you ever <laughs> yeah. seen the movie Willard? I've never seen the movie. No, no, no. But, like, that's my whole thing. It's just, like, anything where it's, like, it's not one. It's, it's a bunch. all of them. Any animal scary when there's a ton of them. And they've all decided that yes. we gotta go. That, to me, is just a terrifying um, movie. One movie that I feel like... One animal that I don't feel like has been truly explored um, is the African hippo. The reason I say that is because it's the most deadly animal in Africa. And yet it's never kind of, like, shown to be a predator to... to you know, Americans, essentially. I just saw Hungry, Hungry Hippos, the movie. There you go. But, like, a dark, uh, um, a, uh, what is it got? Hungry, I can't think of it. Hungry, Hippo. <laughs> it's, like, some kind of, like, Jordan Peele remix. <laughs> this is what I was thinking to myself, like, a uh, uh, Christian Bale, not a Christian yeah, Bale, yeah. but, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Well, uh, what, what, one idea I think that could be interesting is because, you know, we see all these movies from the perspective of Americans entering these things. What if we had, like, 
you know, a killer hippo movie that's based on a small African tribe, like something that's like indigenous people, like something that's a little bit, again, not so Americanized. Because I feel like every time we get into movies like this, even when it does take place in foreign countries, we're seeing white people being the, the main subject. You know, I'm always in favor of like exploring that. Um, yeah. Um, what do you think is the best killer animal movie of all time? I feel like you'll have to say Jaws. Like, even though I don't necessarily... Um, I, I do think Jurassic Park counts in the territory. Ooh, see, and that's another thing. I feel like, all right, if we're going to go there, Jurassic Park for sure. But I feel like Jaws set the standard. Sure, sure. Um, also, I'm not going to lie, Cujo, like, can you imagine? I don't know if you've seen Cujo. Yeah, I have. But Cujo is one of those movies where, um, like, you are trapped in a car. Because of a dog. Yeah. And, like, the fact that you can't leave the car... We've all been there. Where yes. we're like, I don't know where it is. I just... There's something about being trapped in a car that also really rings true. And I feel like that idea is um, awesome. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to give it to uh, Deep Blue Sea, personally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and do you recommend this movie? And if so, who would you recommend this movie to? I do not recommend it. Okay. Um, but uh, honestly, I just think like it's... If you are doing Jennifer Lopez's career, you, you got to meet the highs and the lows. So this would be in there. And also, like, um, if you are just a fan of monster movies, it's not great. Um, and you know, honestly, I, I like, even then, don't watch it. <laughs> you know I, what I mean? I it's think like, to your point, and I think you said this earlier, that, like, on the, the scale of, like, it's so bad, it's good, there are better ones that are more entertaining to watch for absolutely. their badness. And honestly, the here's was. the thing. If you remove John Boyd's character... I was going to say, any other movie doesn't have John Boyd, so it already <laughs> starts ahead. I mean, if you were just to remove his character, I could recommend this, but yeah. I don't want to have to subject anyone to listening to that accent no. for that long. Um, anything else? No, that's it. Okay. All right. So, All right. thank you guys for listening to another episode of Movie Makeover. Remember, sorry, remember you can find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, we will be doing new things coming soon. So, really hope that you enjoy this new format. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Extra Siege. That's X T R A C E E J uh, T C. You can find me on Instagram at a braver me at dot braver dot me. And if you guys have any thoughts on how you can make Anaconda any better, or if there's any movies that you think we should take another look at, feel free to contact us at movie underscore makeover on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also email us at moviemakeoverpod at gmail dot motherfucking com. Uh, as always, I'm Teach. And I'm TC. Makeover and out! Uh, is it just me, or does this jungle make you really, really horny? No, no it doesn't. <laughs>